Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Munlinke, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Oh, why, thanks, Allie. I'm doing great. Back in the saddle again, week number two, just days away. Yeah, and, you know, I ended up finishing week one, 10 and six against the spread. You know, I was 10 and five when we talked about the other day, but because Denver just played so atrociously and someone will still still has to try to explain to me what the Broncos were thinking, letting time run down and kicking a 64-yard field goal when you had three timeouts left and Russell Wilson as your quarterback to go for it on fourth or five. But, you know, we won't get into that. I did lose two of my survivor pools because the Broncos were my pick, but fortunately, because 75% of the people were eliminated week one in one of my survivor pools, they decided to make it a double elimination. So I get ah, a second chance. Okay. No big deal. Just a little change of pace to uh, a, a principal rule, but here we go. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because there's hundreds of people in this one survivor pool. And the fact that 75% got eliminated, they were kind of like, uh, we're going to be done by week two. So we better, we better make it a double elimination. But, you know, we'll get past all that. So let's move to week two because we have such an exciting weekend coming up. I always say week two is what I like to dub, Robert, as the overreaction week. And I don't know I don't know if you'll agree, but I've seen it in my experience doing pickums betting that in week two, so many people overreact to what they saw in week one and that affects their betting. And my best advice for people betting week two is, throw out what you saw in week one and pretty much start anew. Like what's your take on that? This is fantastic. It's all I hear is, yeah, this is definitely uh, overreaction week, but <laughs> funny. I actually have in my game notes here. Uh, I wanted to mention something that I'm going to coin under reaction week. Uh, yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll circle to that in a moment as we take a look at some of the games and some of these teams that I think are, uh, think undervalued and uh, we'll we'll take a look at those as we uh, look at the uh, entire ticket from top to bottom yeah but yeah I, I always feel that people you know they'll they'll look at the the falcons coming close to the saints they'll way overvalue them they'll way overvalue the bears beating the niners they're overvalue the steelers beating the Bengals. this is this is the real thing now in football you know everyone got their bad game out of the way last week the Packers aren't going to lose like that again probably for the majority of the year you look at some of the other teams the Broncos they probably had their worst game of the season already in week one same thing with a team like the Titans that lost to my Giants so listen to this podcast because we'll have plenty plenty of analysis and if you get a chance check out we have on our website we have on all our social media channels Robert has his week two power rankings. There's something you definitely want to take a look at before you bet. So let's get right into the games. And we start Thursday night with another great matchup. We got the Chargers and the Chiefs, arguably two of the best teams in the entire league. Robert, what are we looking at right now for their odds? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I mentioned underreaction week, and I looked at the opener uh, where Kansas City uh, hosting the uh, L.A. Chargers. They opened at three and a half. Pretty much, you know, mostly all around town. I went straight to four. Uh, and that's where everyone else kind of popped right on in. So Kansas City right now, a four-point favorite. The total set to 54 on this game for Thursday night. Got it. And do we have any update of the injury report? I know Keenan Allen was still questionable when I looked yesterday. I haven't gotten a chance to look today. But what are we looking at in terms of injuries for both teams? Right, exactly. So uh, the latest that I'm seeing in L.A., 
Uh, we've got, looks like, looks like he's going to be out. And this is effective 1155 is what I have as a post time here Pacific. So he's not playing. Uh, neither is uh, Don Parnum, the tight end. Uh, he pulled a hamstring. It, it, this is, it, it's just so expected. You know, you, you were talking a lot about this last week about the insane temps that were going to be in, in Southern California and LA. Right. So, you know, everyone's, you know, it's hamstring, hamstring, hamstring. And so what ended up happening was Parnum pulled his hamstring. He's going to be out. Then Keenan Allen's definitely out. So this came down as of 1155 uh, this morning. So maybe that's where the adjustment lied. Uh, Kansas City minus four now, Allie. Yeah. So when I looked at the spread here, you know, my initial gut reaction was take the Chiefs. They're better than we thought they would be without Tyreek Hill. Everyone wondered how the Chiefs would be with Tyreek Hill. I think they put all doubts aside last week when they just totally demolished Arizona in Arizona last week with that help. Pat Mahomes looks better than ever. But then I went to the Chargers and I know they're going to miss Keenan Allen because I did operate under the presumption that Allen was going to be out. And for some reason, you know, I looked at the three and a half, the four spread, my pools, we they locked yesterday. So we get a three and a half. And this is a division game. I always put a lot of emphasis on the underdog in division games because I feel that they come out and play. So even though my initial reaction was the Chiefs, I'm going to lean Chargers on this one. What about you? Uh, I'm just also noticing something, and I probably won't come down to it because, well, kickers. Uh, but Kansas City's not going to have Harrison Butker. Um, that probably is only going to uh, give you yet another ask oh. towards making uh, the uh, L.A. Chargers as their selection here. But he's definitely out as he sprained his ankle. That news came out this morning as well, right around 11.15. Okay. So, uh, for those of you in uh, uh, kicker specialty leagues, um, really not sure who they're going to go with. I don't think Tommy uh, Townsend is going to be kicking, but uh, who knows? Um, they'll find somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> I am not like uh, Kansas City and uh, and Reed is concerned about the kicking game, but uh, you know the spread is kind of tight. Uh, one would think that they probably have um, a backup plan in place for uh, Butker, who's been pretty much lights out for his entire right. career there in Kansas City. Uh, my lean right now, uh, Ali, I I think that their their point spread is is still too light. Uh, and I actually think that this game goes climbs even higher. Uh, so right now, with the number being four, I would lay the points with Kansas City. Okay, and that's totally fine because I was I was right with you. I'm still tussling back and forth, but I think I like the points. I think in, now that you mentioned Bucker might be out, that could be that could be something significant because we could see some field goals, extra points, maybe going wide, maybe getting shanked. So you you know you don't really know, but. I like the Chargers. I really think that even without Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert has just so many weapons to utilize. He has Mike Williams still right there. He has Austin Eckler. I think that if, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you see it, but I think on the defense, they're getting their cornerback back. Correct. Is JC Jackson, is he going to be available for this game? JC Jackson is as of now questionable for Thursday. Yeah. His ankle's still, well, there you go. Uh, (laughs) 50-50. As far as the injury report is concerned. Well, yeah, and why I don't think he's going to be a huge difference maker in terms of the line spread. He's going to be a big difference maker on the field, and I think that really could help with some of the guys 
on the Chiefs squad, like a Juju Smith-Schuster that they're going to have to guard. But this is one of those matchups. It's like so early in the year that I really haven't seen enough of the Chiefs or the Chargers. I mean, as good as the Chargers were against the Raiders, I think the Raiders left points off the board because of Derek Carr's three interceptions. I didn't think the Chargers played all that great, at least from my perspective. I thought the Chiefs looked just impossibly dominant. Like it was just, it was crazy how they just exploded from the beginning. It looked like they were playing in a postseason game with something to prove against the Cardinals. Cardinals just had no answer. But then again, the Cardinals were missing almost like half of their team. You know, no J, no JJ Watt, no Rondell Moore. Zach Ertz was injured, even though he played. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't want to put too, too much stock into that blowout. But for me, I think these teams are pretty evenly evenly matched. I Like I said, this is a division game. And this is one of the things where I'd rather be wrong on a half point if it comes down to a field goal game than, you know, just then totally just miss the boat. I'd rather that the Chiefs somehow win by seven, eight points than the Chiefs only win by three. And I take the Chiefs as minus three and a half so what, what else are you thinking yeah no, you're absolutely right and i i don't think it's even going to come to it this is i just see the chiefs are so tuned up i mean crap i'm just reading this right now i mean justin reed he's the safety you know a couple of days ago he's kicking 65 yard field goals during training camp practice over mm-hmm. the summer so don't even tell me that they're going to put their safety out there for field goals but it looks like they're really not too concerned about whether or not they have right. field goals or extra points They'll just go for two. Um, I, I think that the Chiefs are, you know, already in in, in a very very well tuned up position. So uh, again, at, at four, I I lay the number at four, Allie. Yeah, and I don't think you know I'm gonna stick with the Chargers. You got the Chiefs. I think it's good we disagree to start the day. I really this is one of those games. I I would if you know I don't have I won't disagree with you that much because. I could easily switch my pick to the Chiefs right before game time tomorrow, but I am I put down the Chargers in my pick and pool on Thursday nights. I usually don't change it once I make a decision unless something catastrophic happens. I think the weather is going to be pretty timid. If from what I was reading earlier in Kansas City, you know you're not going to get the scorching hot record that we got in LA. Which side note, because I actually got a lot of heat about this, but people were telling me last week, you know, when we were talking about the Rams and the Bills, and I said how hot it was going to be, and everyone's like, it's a dome. L.A.'s a dome. No, L.A. is not a dome, technically. It has an it has openings on the sides, and it has a translucent roof. So the heat does come in. And I know plenty of people that have seen the game at SoFi that says it can be scorching hot in there, and it could be sometimes hotter in there than it is outside. So the heat does affect it. But that was my little rant because I wanted to tell people, to, I'd let prove a little, a few people wrong because they even said at the beginning of the broadcast of the Rams game, it's a hot one in here. So I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I got a lot of uh, backlash for that, and I'm like, listen, you haven't been to the stadium; it's hot in there. But yeah, I don't really think you can go either way. I think two of these teams are destined to make the postseason. I don't think there's anything, any doubt about that. I think that. Both of them are going to pe- compete for the division title to probably the final weeks of the season. And it'll be good to get a taste of what the Chiefs offense actually does look like facing a team like the Chargers, who I would put the Chargers defense well ahead of Arizona, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. 
they have so many more playmakers. But yeah, I mean, what else are you seeing that I'm not seeing, Robert? No, no, you nailed it. You nailed it absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think that we're going to see uh, much of. I mean, obviously, with Neil Keenan Allen, it's going to make you know a world of difference in how they're going to you know divvy up the targets. Uh, and, and that, to me, is one of the more the larger deciding factors in, in handicapping this game, Allie. That's about it. Yeah, Keenan Allen is a big deal, but I think Mike Williams can step up. And this is really a test for Justin Herbert, too. I know he's already in his third year, but, you know, let's see if he can make that big road win. I, we saw last year, I believe it was week two, Robert, if I'm not mistaken, that the Chargers did go into Kansas City and win. Am I right on that one? You are. Yep. So. That might be a little motivation for Kansas City to really step up. I, I won't disagree with that. But, yeah, let's just for purposes, let's agree to disagree, and we'll see who comes out on top. <laughs> so let's move on to another marquee game, which I think prior to week one, people were very excited about. Maybe not as excited this week because there is an injury to a key quarterback, and that's Dak Prescott. And we have the Bengals and the Cowboys. So no Prescott, Robert. What are we looking at for the odds there? Yeah, once this, once the uh, the Lions came out, everyone knew that we were going to have to handicap the game with you know, Cooper Rush at quarterback for Dallas, first home game of the year, and it's not going to be. It's not going to be good, Ali. Um, we've got Dallas as a eight point dog to the Cincinnati Bengals. The total uh, at forty one and a half. It's dropped. Uh, we opened it at 42 and a half. It's dropped a full point already. And I, I think by you know game time, we'll probably see that, you know, you know, even trend lower. So uh, right now, Cincinnati off of their loss, an eight point favorite on the road in Dallas. Yeah. And I'm over all over Cincinnati on this one. And we talked in the last episode the other day about it. Cincinnati just came off a really bad loss at home against the Steelers in their opener. That's not going to sit well with them. I love betting on good teams following a bad loss. And Cincinnati's one of those teams this week. So I don't, you know, the number is eight. That might seem a little high to lay eight points when a team is on the road. But like you said, with Cooper Rush, Robert, I, I don't see how this team, I mean, this team scored three points against the Bucks with Prescott in most of the game. Unless they go out and get, a, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo or another star level caliber quarterback i don't see how they finish within 10 points of this team what about you no and that's it's it, it's got a far far bigger problem than just the quarterback alley uh it doesn't matter you know who the backup is we know that like you just said with dak prescott they put up three points so what's going to do better if they put in a backup to him it's it all comes down to their offensive line, right? And it just yeah. didn't show me a single thing. There was no explosiveness. There was no holes being created. Zeke Elliott, you know, if he pulled off for a, a five-yard gain, they got a, a big round of applause. There was no no real urgency to the offense at all, and I don't think that there's going to be any improvement, uh, you know, going into this Sunday afternoon game. Uh, you know, looking at the injuries, you know, obviously we, we already talked about Dak Prescott. Gallup is questionable. His knee hurt. Uh, you know, so he's questionable to play. Uh, let's see who else here. Uh, God, Curse is out. Taylor Stewart's out. Wow. Uh, let's see here. Linebacker, De Devontae Bond. 
he's going to be out. So there's there's so many injuries, and of course we know about you know Tyron Smith, and he's out of course as well. So uh, you know, looking over at the Cincinnati side, uh, T. Higgins he in, he got injured in his last game. He got a concussion, right. so he's questionable. Um, I, I wouldn't count on him being a hundred percent if he does play. Uh, Clark Harris he's going to be out indefinitely. Something obviously you know something happened to his upper body, but it looks like his biceps. Is causing him to definitely be out for this game. Uh, Khalid Kareem, he's on the IR hamstring. Um, Tyson Anderson, hamstring. It's, it's like you could call this every single year, Allie. After week one, I'd be shocked if 50% of the injuries aren't hamstring injuries. Right. That being said, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a good solid number here. Once it's settled, we knew that it, it's not going to be a starting quarterback for Dallas. Eight is the number. Uh, I would be comfortable in laying that eight right now, Allie. Yeah, and I was talking with a friend the other day, and I totally overrated this Dallas squad. When we made our over-under picks, yes. I said that it was 10 at the beginning of the year, and both you and I agreed 10 seems like a nice number. You know, 10 wins is probably what they're going to get. I'd be shocked if they get seven wins with Dak Prescott missing the time he's going to miss. But let's rewind without De- Prescott, Robert. This team really isn't a good team. When I was looking at them more after Prescott went down, I was like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see what makes them so special. You know, you traded away Amari Cooper. There goes one. You could have had a great tandem of Cooper and Lamb. And you got rid of that for a fifth round pick, which baffles me beyond belief. Their defense, we don't know what we're gonna see from if we're going to see Trayvon Diggs, you know, replicate the year he had last year with those interceptions, I'm sure Micah Parsons is still going to be a beast, but Dallas lost a lot of players, a lot of players on defense and especially that O-line, you know, we mentioned Lael Collins left. He's, he's signed elsewhere with the bank who's actually going to be on the Bengals. So they never really, I don't think that Dallas did anything in the off season to make themselves any better than they were last year. What about you? No, they did not. And, and now as I'm looking ahead, towards the rest of their schedule, uh, you know, leading into the bye, they have their bye week in week nine. Mm-hmm. So I would guess that after the bye week is when Brent Prescott could be back. They're saying sooner. I, I highly doubt that. So, you know, we, we saw the performance and we've got them at Cincinnati. So that week is, you know, coming up. Then we've got uh, at New York, they're going to be a dog there. Uh, hosting Washington, they'll be a favorite. Then they're going to be at Rams. They're going to be a dog at Philly. They're going to be a dog hosting Detroit. That'll be an interesting one because that's how Detroit is. You got to be a favorite against Detroit, no matter who you throw up there. But you know, that that's one game that could be a favorite hosting Chicago before the bye. So they got a chance at getting some healthy wins, but uh, I mean, what? So three and six, maybe. Right. So that's, it's, it's not looking not looking good at all for this franchise, literally, you know, 60 minutes into their season. But then even look at the second half of their schedule. I mean, the only gimme wins I'm looking at right now are at Jacksonville and against Houston. Those are the only gimmies. Green Bay, that's at Green Bay, that's definitely a loss. At Minnesota, I would say it's a loss. At New York, we'll see how my Giants keep going. But against the Colts, let's see how the Colts improve. Philadelphia is going to be tough all year. The Titans in Tennessee, like this is a team that's probably with or without Prescott, a seven, eight win team. I mean, is that fair to say? I, I actually don't think they get the seven wins now. Yeah. 
it'll be it'll be a stretch. And Mike McCarthy, I'm I have a feeling will be coaching his last year in Dallas. But and then again, Jerry Jones will stick with his coaches for a while, so he'll use Dak's at, Dak as an excuse. But both you and I, both we both love the Bengals. That will probably be my pick in my survivor pool now that I'm back in it. I really like the Bengals. Maybe, yeah, I think the Bengals might be a good survivor pick. The Rams are another one, which we'll get to a little later. But just back to Dallas real quick. I I, I love it because I have a lot of Cowboy fans. But Robert, if you told me before, if I told, let's put it this way. If I told you before the season that week three, Cowboys versus Giants, Giants were going to be favored in that, would you have thought I was just insane? I ask you if you're reading the newspaper. <laughs> Do people still read newspapers? <laughs> My dad does. He gets it delivered. <laughs> he reads think... it every day. He reads the MLB box scores. He still does it. He loves it. Awesome. God bless dad. Yep. He's old school for that. But, all, right, so, no. all right. Let's let's play a game. On, one yeah, final thought here on this top game. So if I make the Bengals a 10-point favorite, are you taking points? Am I taking them? If I get... Bengals minus 10. I'm not betting the game because a lot could happen. Like, I wouldn't bet the game, but for my pick and pull purposes. No, let's say, so let's say, Ali, if, if I make, if if I make the Cowboys a 10-point dog, are you taking those 10 points? No, I, I wouldn't take the 10 points, no. All right, how about 13? 13, I might. I, I would take the 13 because there's always that chance of a backdoor cover. And I could see Cincinnati not, you know, pulling Joe Burrow toward the end. So I could definitely see a pack to recover. Okay. 13 would push me toward the Cowboys. What about you? All right. Well, there you go, listener. You you got your number. Allie, just go ahead and just said it's if for all intents and purposes, her power rank says Bengals would be a, a 12 and a half point favorite in this game, not eight. So this number is dead, dead wrong. <laughs> well, I think, too, because. You do have to take into account, and I'm sure you can give us some insight on this, making odds of your own, but people love betting on the Cowboys. So, Robert, does that affect how your number is inflated at all? No, no, it it, it shouldn't, because as it plays out right now, uh, I I can make the number eight and a half, and I still think that I'd be getting Bengals money. As of right now, it it is a stone-cold shutout. I still don't have one single ticket written on the Cowboys. Oh, don't tell home. me that. Maybe I won't take the Bengals. Not one. I don't understand it. It's just a deluge. So now that I'm looking at it, I mean, it sure would stick out like a sore thumb, but hey, uh, you know, for those of you in the Bay Area or or here in Nevada listening to us today, um, you got yourself quite the value here. If you're looking to bet the Cowboys, because I don't have not a single ticket yet bet on the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Uh, that that surprises me. Like I I figured it would. Pro- if you were to tell me what the percentage would be ca- between people back in the Bengals or the Cowboys, I would have said ah sixty five thirty five just to be generous. Like I think sixty five people would be back in the Bengals. So the fact that no one's back in the Cowboys, I mean that scares me. Wanting to bet the Bengals at minus eight, but hey, you know the books are wrong, right? <laughs> From time to time. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes they are well i know we could bash the cowboys all day because it's one of my favorite things to do is bash the cowboys all the time but we will move on because there's a lot more games to talk about and the next game i wanted to highlight is one that i'm particularly interested in. i'm interested in your take and that's the vikings 
playing the Eagles on Monday night football. For If our listeners didn't know, we have two Monday night games this week. Don't ask me why they chose to do it in week two instead of like they usually done in week one, but they're doing it. And I really think this is going to be such an interesting matchup. So before I say anything further, Robert, what are we looking at for odds? Right. So today, as we look at the number, we are sitting at a square two-point favorite for the Eagles at home hosting the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. Total set to 50 and a half. We take a look at our line history. We opened up this game. Well, we felt that based on the performance of Philadelphia in Detroit, knowing they'd come back to a home game, I really, really like their offensive line. I set the number to three. Uh, Instant, instant play on the Minnesota Vikings, taking it down to two and a half, then two, then down to one and a half. So for me, one and a half to two and a half is kind of the same number no matter how you, you chop it up. Uh, so we knocked that all the way down to one and a half or four. Finally, we saw some resistance and we got some Eagles money bringing it back up to two, Allie. That's a significant line movement there. So I will say out of all the games, when I looked at the lines coming out this week, and this was the last one, obviously, because they're the last game of the week. This is the one I struggled with a lot because I think these teams – there's I still don't know what I'm getting yet. You know, the Eagles, they play the Lions, who the Lions defense, we can both agree, is atrocious. They allowed 38 points to the Eagles. You know, Jared Goff had that one pick six as well. But the Vikings, I mean, they looked good against the Packers. I know the Packers were without Alan Lazard. I know the Packers receivers were very subpar that game. But they still went out and they shut the Packers offense down. They still had Aaron Rodgers. They still had Aaron Jones. They had A.J. Dillon, and they still pretty much shut him down. So when I was looking at this game, I wondered two things. Are the Eagles going to put up 38 points? No, they're not going to put up 38 points on the Vikings. I don't think so. And is Jalen Hurts going to get A.J. Brown for as many open looks as he did against the Lions? That I don't know because I don't think that the Vikings corner, the Vikings secondary really was tested yet. So right now I'm slightly leaning on the Vikings just because I really like Kevin O'Connell on the off as a uh, former offensive coordinator of the Rams. Now their head coach. I'm interested to see him going head to head with Nick Sirianni. What's your take on this game, Robert? So, you know, and you, you mentioned how much of a test did Detroit actually give Philly, uh, you know, from the secondary. And I would probably, say 10 times out of 10, not much at all. So what can Minnesota do to stop, uh, you know, them from, you know, catching all of these balls, all of these targets heading out? We always know, I mean, I've, I've talked for quite a bit about the offensive line. I still think that Philadelphia's offensive line is, right. you know, among tops, top three for certain in the NFL. So they can certainly give as much time as necessary to open up plays the thing that jumped out to me was the Monday morning report. The injury report that Minnesota came out with was really particular because the ones that I saw, their secondary looks like they're banged up. Now, questionable status. So right. that's why we're sitting at it too. So science questionable Monday, he injured his knee. Andrew Booth Jr., he also left uh, the last game, and he's questionable Monday night, injuring his quad. Those are starters, and if they're going to be out, I mean, of course, they still have plenty of time all the way into late Monday, but if they're going to show any kind of, uh, well, first off, if they're going to be out, then I'm really liking Philly minus three, but if they're going to show 
still a questionable status that they're not 100%, uh, I'd still be pretty comfortable in, in, in laying the number with the Eagles because that's kind of where I feel the weakness would be on Philadelphia. Yes, they did give up a just plethora of points to a Lions team that, well, you know, I, I felt they would probably be good. So from somewhere in the 20 to 24 point range, uh, they scored a little bit more than that. Minnesota, I think they could do a lot more than that. Uh, if, if anything, Allie, this game is kind of leaning more over 50 and a half than laying uh, or taking on the side for me, Allie. I like the over on this game a lot. I think the, both of these offenses are explosive. The one factor that I have, Robert, and let me know your thoughts on this. When I looked at the that Vikings-Packers game and how Justin Jefferson just destroyed the Packers' defense, the Packers' defense, we talked a few episodes ago with Mark on this. We, you know, we went as bold to say that the Packers' defense might be the best defense in the NFC. And the Vikings somehow not only tore apart their defense with Justin Jefferson, but they got 24 points, which is a substantial showing. So we just saw the Eagles surrender 35 points to the Lions. And I do think the Lions are an underrated team. I think they're a very good up-and-coming team. But can we see the Vikings with Justin Jefferson, with Dalvin Cook? Can we see the Vikings carve up that Eagles secondary and that's, you know, the Eagles defense as a whole? What do you think? Yeah, I can't disagree with you, Allie, at all. I don't. Uh, I, I do think that if, if Minnesota is able to do what they did against Green Bay, they probably be able to replicate the same thing in Philadelphia. You're right. And the other thing I, this is like beating a drum, but I always emphasize last year, the Eagles were one in six against teams that made the playoffs and their lone win was against the Cowboys the final week of the season when the Cowboys basically rested all their starters. I know they have AJ Brown now this year, but we've seen Jalen Hurts struggle against, you know, superior talent in his career. The Vikings are definitely far better, in my opinion, I'm sure many other opinions, than the Lions. I'm interested to see how Jalen Hurts responds now going up against tougher competition in a year where he's supposed to make great strides. So with that, that is why I'm going to lean to the Vikings on this one because I think coming off of a win against the Lions, they played subpar talent. They got to play much tougher talent this week. I don't think A.J. Brown's going to have the game that he had against, like he did against the Lions. I think that the Vikings offense, they're going to come with a game plan. I think that they're, if the Vikings go up early, I don't see the, the if the Vikings take a two-score lead, Robert, I don't see the Eagles coming back. Do you? No, no, I I, I don't. You know, Natalie, now, now that I think about it, I, I actually think Minnesota will probably have an even easier time scoring as I break it down and I'm realizing, you know, why why did Detroit score 35 points? Right. How, how did we get there? Um, Eagles lost Derek Barnett, who's, you know, That's right. their, their, key, their key charger, uh, you know, at, at the quarterback. And so now they're not going to get any pressure, you know, for, from an edge rusher who's, you know, out indefinitely as he torn his ACL. Uh, no, I'm not going to give, I, I'm not going to lean anymore on, on Philly covering. But I, I do I do see over that 50 and a half as as far more enticing than than taking a side alley. Yeah, I'd be with you. You know, if I'm gonna bet it, I like the over for my pick on purposes. I'm taking the Vikings plus one and a half. 
Are I, you going to give either way? You're still in, you're still teetering between the two teams. Yeah, I, I would because it's just this this does seem like the field goal game, and it yeah. being a, a, a two instead of a three, I'm not comfortable taking two. <laughs> I'd be comfortable taking three, but uh, I'm sure that's why everyone jumped on that. We're three. not exactly. We're not quite there. We're at two, and so that's why the number is uh, you know, quite quite nice. Yeah. Well, I do think it's going to be one of the better games, especially on Monday night. It'll be better than pretty much the sloppy game we just got the other day with the Broncos and the Buck and, and the Seahawks. So I am excited to see this matchup. I'm going to lean Vikings on this one, just so our listeners have it on record. And I pro- I can tell you, I probably, unless there's some devastating injury, I probably won't change that. And I just love betting against the Eagles anyway. It's just, it's, it's a good feeling when they lose. Ah, now it comes out. There we go. But I, no, I, will, I, don't, I don't let my bias affect my betting. I'd rather not bet the Eagles knowing they're going to cover than <laughs> that be wrong. But let's move on to the other Monday night game, because this is another one. We were just talking, Robert, about overreaction week. The Bills and the Titans, when I saw this number, I can't say I was totally shocked because I know how people overreact and inflate numbers, follow personal numbers following week one. But what are we looking at for the odds for that game? All right, so this one's this one's a towering number. Uh, Buffalo, a 10-point favorite well, tonight, hosting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, total set to 49 and a half. There's some 49s. Yeah, so I saw this number, and I mean, I was just like, wow, Tennessee got that disrespected off of coming off of a loss to the Giants. So here's how I'm going to say it. I'll come right out and say I like Tennessee to cover. The Bills are going to have not played for 11 days. That is a lot of rest to have in between games. You know, they say sometimes rest is good. Sometimes too much rest can be bad. I think the Titans just came off of being completely embarrassed by the New York Giants at home that they're going to come out and Mike Vrabel's a very good coach. I can't see the Titans losing by double digits after what they just did against the Giants. Can you, Robert? No, no, I I, I do. I, I do side with you. I mean, we did see what Buffalo just did on the road in LA to the Super Bowl champs. And not only did they, you know, cover their two and a half, they, uh, they did it about 10 times. So, yeah, you can understand the 10, and I'm not getting a lot of pushback the other way at this point. Matter of fact, if I just break it down right now, um, we are getting more bets on the Titans. It's about a 65, I'd say about a 65, almost a 70% split. So more backing the Titans than the Bills at this moment. Nothing really being played on the um the total, and then of course we have some money line plays on the Bills, but that's that's bound to happen. Uh, so, it, in all, I probably think that the the way the game is trending is probably going to make sense. I would probably predict that the game closes under ten. It would go to about nine and a half, but mm-hmm. probably not more than that. On uh, the very end, I mean, I think that it's 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 what you take from week one, but at the same time, you got to say, well, really. Is Tennessee that bad? Oh, man. I mean, people are actually betting the Bills' money line at, like, minus 500. Like, really? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, this is, oh, this is man. The, the way of the football week. <laughs> it's probably a bunch of parlays, honestly. They, they, you know, go ahead and grab all the big favorites, put them all together. 
Yeah, that never works. Yeah, I have a friend that does that every week. I mean, it's like a mini survivor bit, I suppose, if if you wanted to break it down that way. But that's that's another. Yeah, and my friend did that again last week, and I said, "How does your five team favorite parlay where none of the teams won? (laughs) You're zero for five. Yuck! You didn't even put the Ravens in that one. But yeah." I just I I like the Titans a lot in this situation. Titans don't win, believe me. They I don't think they win by any measure, but it's going to be a close game because another one of my things, Robert, that I like to bet. It's one of my favorite strategies to, that involve is as much as I love betting bad good teams coming off of bad losses. I love betting teams that essentially just won their quote unquote Super Bowl game. The Bills came in Thursday night, home opener, prime time, all eyes on them, and they defeated the defending Super Bowl champions. That's a huge game. That's a game to get super motivated for. Now you face the Titans, which people like are like, they just lost to the Giants. I just don't think you drum up the same motivation. And I do that take that into account when I bet. So for me, it's the Titans. What do you else do you think about my strategy? No, I'm not going to disagree with it because I I, I love a, uh, a a desperate dog that, you know, had a great last season. I, I don't really see anything that jumps out significantly on the injury report that came out on Monday. Practices have been pretty good. Nothing that's been jumping out either. Ed Oliver on Buffalo, he's questionable Monday. He sprained his ankle. And then uh, Shaq Lawson also is questionable Monday. So there may be some concerns on the defensive end, which is, you know, good because Tennessee's probably going to need to score in the vicinity of 18 to 21 points to cover this. Right. Um, I, I would probably given a lean right now, maybe a little bit towards the under if Tennessee can turn this into a, a, a smear fest. They but are going to run the ball a lot. They're going to that's, that's, that's what I think is they're going to have to do to, you know, to, you know, have ball control and keep it within striking distance that's obviously what they did on you know their game on sunday so yeah i could easily i mean look buffalo when they win they win big <laughs> when they lose they, they lose outright so uh not a lean just yet but if uh we're looking at a position uh, to go under 49 and a half is probably a little bit more in, in my eyes uh, acceptable than taking a side alley All right. Well, we both agree on that game. So let's move on to another game, which I'm actually pretty excited for this one, too. And that's the Dolphins and the Ravens. So, Robert, what are we looking at odds wise? Right. Exactly. So the Dolphins off of their win, you know, in their home opener against the New England Patriots, they're going to go into Baltimore. They're going to be a dog. So Baltimore is now a three and a half point favorite total set pretty cleanly at a forty four and a half. Yeah, and for this one, it's another game I kind of went back and forth with. And even though I'm not too high on Miami this year, I really like Miami in this situation. The Ravens are coming off a game in which essentially they didn't have to do much to win. The Jets were atrocious that game. They really couldn't generate any type of pass rush. They were anemic as could be on offense behind Joe Flacco. So we didn't get to see the Ravens team that's going to represent what they are this year. I think the Dolphins did a very good job of shutting down the Patriots offense. Say what you want about what the weather was like in Miami. They still had to play in that same weather. So when it comes to the spread, I don't know if Miami wins, but I do like Miami with the points. I think this is going to be a close game. 
The Ravens, they are dealing with a lot of injuries on their defense. That could come back to bite them. I think Miami will do a better job implementing their running game. I mean, they signed like three running backs in the offseason. So they're going to have Chase Edmonds running more. They're going to have some of their other backs running more and utilizing them. And Tyreek Hill is still Tyreek Hill. And if the if the Ravens secondary is suffering, if Marcus Peters is out, some of the other guys are out, then Tyreek Hill is just going to own that that secondary. And two are basically just going to have to throw the ball long and Tyreek Hill is going to run to get it. So I'm leaning Dolphins on this one. What about you, Robert? Yeah, so the number opened actually four, and that was too much. So all, all Miami money started to come in. We set it to three and a half. Uh, a little bit more Miami went to three. The moment we went to three, it was just a, a deluge of Baltimore money. So that was where the ceiling was. Uh, when we went to three, then we moved it to three minus 20, went right back to four. And, uh, well, what do you know? Bounces right back. So that's where we settle right at three and a half. That's that perfect number where I'm getting an equal equal punch uh, to the left and to the right of, of the point spread. Uh, you mentioned Peters, and that's going to probably be a, a key factor as we get closer and closer to game time. So uh, Peters, he has a knee injury uh, as of Monday's report. So he's questionable. Um, came on Seymour, uh, another cornerback, also questionable. He has an ankle injury. Uh, tackle Ronnie Staley. Uh, he's going to be questionable. He sprained his ankle. And, of course, J.K. Dobbins, from an offensive standpoint, he's now questionable. Uh, still not knowing if, if he's going to run uh, for the Ravens or not. So there's definitely concerns, um, you know, on, on the Ravens side when it comes to what they're going to be able to do to stop, you know, Hill and, and obviously the rest of the offense for, for Miami, Ali. Yeah, and I'll come short of saying the upset, but I do like Miami to cover. I think it is going to be a low-scoring game. I'm kind of liking the under on that one. And I think that Miami ultimately comes close. If if not, maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they upset them, but I think Miami will at least go within the three and a half points. I really like Miami's defense more than anything. They really impressed me against the Patriots. They just made Mac Jones look like he didn't belong in the league anymore. It, the, the Patriots just look flat. And, you know, you know the, the Dolphins, they, they have an underrated defense. They were a good defense last year. And I think they could be even better this year. They got some nice free agent signings. So I'm leaning the Dolphins on this one. How about yourself, Robert? Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah this one's not going to be exciting. I actually do like the, you know, the Dolphins plus three and a half here myself. All right, here's our agreement. So let's go to another game that I wanted to highlight, and that's the Bucks and the Saints. And people might be thinking why I did highlight this one. They probably are like, oh, it's just Tom Brady. No, no, no. Saints have the Bucks numbers with Tom Brady the last few seasons. And I'll get more into that in a minute. But Robert, I want you to add, I want you to give the audience the odds that we're looking at right now. Yeah, so Tampa right now, uh, pretty much clearly across the board, two and a half point favorite, the total set to 44, Allie. Here's my upset alert of the week. And that is the Saints right here. Again, people are overreacting after last week. They're so, they're watching that the Saints, they almost lost to the Falcons. People are going to be like, oh, the Saints almost lost to the Falcons, and the Bucks are only two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm on the Bucks all day. No. If you look at the last few games that Tom Brady had to play against the Saints, for some reason, he struggles against the Saints. Let's not forget, the Saints were playing the Bucks in the game that Jameis Winston got injured in last year, and the Saints won that so 
I like the Saints looking into this game. What about you, Robert? Yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, we opened it uh, Tampa minus two, which was, uh, you know, late, late Sunday night uh, once the game was complete. Uh, bumped it all the way up to three. The moment it hit three, all New Orleans nonstop. Right. So we bounced it right back down to two and a half. So if, if you wanted to go ahead and just track it, obviously, if you start seeing threes and you're a Saints backer, well, you better grab it as fast as humanly possible because it won't last long. I don't think it goes to three at all. Um, I actually think it might shrink down to one and a half. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. yeah. And so now as, as I look at, of course, Chris Godwin, who in the preseason, you know, he had he had injury issues. You know, he pulled his hamstring. Shocker, I keep repeating myself. So he's out indefinitely. Skinny, he's going to be out for the game. He's now on the IR with a knee injury. A linebacker, Cam Gill, he injured his foot against Dallas. He's now on the IR. Kenjin Barner, uh, he's on the IR. So it, it's obviously, you know, we know that they did what they had to do, uh, you know, from, from a running perspective. Valley Leonard Fournette did, you know, pretty much whatever he wanted against Dallas. But right. you know, here against the Saints, um, you know, playing in New Orleans, I don't think that there's going to be, uh, you know, much uh, of a pushback for me. I, I do like the New Orleans Saints to cover. Uh, heck, they might even win this game outright. That's that's my upset of the week. I think that the Saints, you know, I don't know if you want to call it that much of an upset because the spread's about two and a half, but that I that's my underdog I'm picking to win this week. I think the Saints have Brady's number. I think just like you said, people are overvaluing the Bucks. Let's not forget that the Bucks struggled against Dallas's defense. The Bucks got 19 points on the board and it, they were just kept settling for field goal after field goal. They really struggled once they started to get deep in the Cowboys territory. So going against the Saints, while I'm not huge on the Saints defense, but the Saints can score. So Brady's going to have to put up numbers. And I just don't see him having the weapons that he's used in the past. Probably no Chris Godwin. We know Rob Gronkowski's out and retired. We know Antonio Brown's never coming back to the Bucks. So for me, we saw, I think, more of what we're going to see from the Saints in the second half when they came back against the Falcons and they put up all those points. Jameis Winston, plenty of weapons. Michael Thomas looks like he's he's recovered from his injury. Jarvis Landry looks refreshed and ready. Alvin Kamara set. I think the Saints win this one very com. Not I want to I don't want to say very comfortably, but I think the Saints take the lead at the beginning of this game and they don't look back. Any other thoughts on that one? All right. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go one final note here. Right. I just received a secret cable from my vet supervisor Catherine. She just wrote down on a on a note. Saints are the Bucks kryptonite. So there you have it right there. Uh, right. From, from the House of Baldini's here. Uh, Saints on the money line, Allie. Well, that, <laughs> you're going to have to include that game in your bet against the bookie one. <laughs> it looks like you're right now. <laughs> so, no, th this is probably one of my favorite bets of the week. And last week, it's, it's crazy how quickly weeks change. Because last week, the Falcons covering was one of my locks of the week. This, this week, the Saints winning and covering is one of my locks of the week so we will move on to the last game that we're going to highlight before we get into the rapid fire round and i felt like we had to do this because we have to show our ceo love but that is the packers and the bears i wish i could say i'm kind of excited for this game but i'm really not because i do think the packers are going to win very handily but before i get into that robert what are we looking at for their odds now, this is great i was just about to ask you okay defined very handily but <laughs> we opened up the game late sunday 
uh, with Green Bay as a nine point favorite. That didn't last long at all. Uh, just a few hours later, we took it to double digits. Green Bay is now a 10 point favorite uh, for the Sunday night game hosting Chicago, the total 42 and a half. Yeah, I don't want to say too much on this, but again, I love betting on good teams coming off of bad losses. And this is this is one of the things. Last year after the Packers lost their week one embarrassment against the Saints, I was all over the Packers week two. History repeats itself on this. Again, I, Robert, I wonder, let me ask you, what do you think would be the spread if the Packers beat the Vikings and the Bears had lost last weekend? Uh, I would probably go with Green Bay 12 and a half, maybe even up to 13, Allie. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking. So I think we get great value right here with the Packers. I don't think we could have asked for a better betting situation. Packers losing, Bears somehow pulling off that win against the Niners. I don't have much else to say. I think that Aaron Rodgers comes out. He's back at home. He's at Lambeau. There's no, if you want a, a comfortable survivor pool pick, Take the Packers this week. I don't think that there's any way that Chicago wins. I think this is a blowout, Robert. I mean, is there anything else to say about that? No, you're right. I'm actually already thinking like, okay, how many uh, easy circles can you take this week? And Green Bay would definitely be one of it. And the only thing I'd be concerned about is their future value. And they sure do have plenty of that as well with, uh, you know, big favorites hosting New England, uh, you know, playing over in England against the Giants. They'll be a favorite there. And then, of course, get to come back home and host the Jets. They're definitely going to be a double-digit favorite there as well. But, I mean, if you're looking to just, as they say, set it and forget it, can't probably get much better than Green Bay. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to get too much into this. I think that the Packers are just going to come out. They're going to be on fire. This is going to be a multi-touchdown win for them. I don't think the Bears score more than maybe a touchdown tops. I think that Green Bay's defense really steps up and we get to see, you know, what Justin Fields' is anemic Bears offense is actually going to be like. But we do have 10 minutes left, so let's get right into the rapid fire of the regular games. The other games, I should say. I wanted to include this game so much in the marquee games, but I was like, I don't want to let my bias get ahead of me. And plus, I'll probably waste the entire hour talking about it. But quickly, Robert, we got the Giants and the Panthers. So what are we looking at for the odds? Yeah, this is definitely uh, good. I wish we had some imaging for the rapid fire segment, but here we go. Uh, Giants opened up as a two and a half point favorite, got bet down pretty quickly. So now they're just a two point favorite hosting the Panthers with a total set anywhere between 43 and 44 right now. So from what I last saw, Robert, are we getting Kayvon Thibodeau back this week? I would probably say he's still questionable, but he's more likely to play than he definitely was last week. Right. I honestly, whether he plays or not, I still think that we win this game. It's it's going to be close. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But from what I saw last week, what Carolina did with, with Cleveland is Baker's still not on the same page as his offense yet. I don't know what they're doing with Christian McCaffrey. But the thing – and I know the Panthers do have a pretty good defense. But I like the Giants at home. I think we're riding high on our momentum. So – it is some bias in me. I will lay that out to our listeners, but I do like the Giants this week. How about you? Yeah, not not much more for me to add as well. I think that they played as violently uh, you know, as I've, I've ever seen them in years. So I think that they come out just as strong, uh, and I do believe that they'll end up winning this game, uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau or not. 
Yeah, just to add real quick, I don't think they play complacently. I think that with Brian Zabal as the coach, he's going to light a fire under them before every single game. I think that they're going to come out pumped. They're going to come out strong. I think Saquon's going to run all over their, the Carolina defense. We saw what the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem hunted last week against them. Exactly. So I, I really like the Giants a lot here. Let's move on to the Patriots and Steelers, Robert. What are we looking at? So this one, of course, we've got a little bit of a red light on this game because of some real uh, questions as to who's going to be starting on both ends of the ball. But right now, New England, a two-point favorite in Pittsburgh. The total set to 40 and a half. So my my pool's locked yesterday with New England actually being two and a half point underdogs, which I totally jumped up and, and swiped and got in. I, I do like the Patriots this game. I know that there's question marks, but the Steelers, again, I think that they have a lot of questions, whether TJ Watt plays, whether Najee Harris, though it looks like he's going to play, but if he's 100%, I like Belichick to come back. I like Belichick to have his team ready. They're not going to be playing in that atrocious humidity. I think they look a little more motivated. They're not going to look flat like last week, so I'm liking the Patriots in this one. How about you? Yeah, this one's going to be, there's just, again, so many injuries. T.J. Watt is um, seeing now with his pec, he's going to be out. Carlos Platel, he's out. Carl Joseph, he's out. This just so many injuries on both sides of the ball. Up in New England, go ahead and break down. Ty Montgomery, he's out. Stuber, out. Ronnie Perkins is going to be out again. And then looking, you know, into who might be questionable, defensive back Adrian Phillips, he hurt his ribs. He's questionable. And then really the biggest question is, is Mac Jones going to play? That's Uh, true. He got crumpled. You know, his back got, you know, completely racked. So if he's not 100%, it's really, really difficult to be mobile uh, at the most difficult position in pretty much all of sports. If he's not playing, I mean, all things being equal, we're we're looking at how this game is going to play out. This is on the assumption that he will play. And if he does... He is the two-point favorite for the New England Patriots. All right, so let's move on to the next one, the Commanders and the Lions. This is another game I feel pretty confident about, but I'll let you lay out the odds first. Go ahead. Yeah, this one's pretty tight. The Lions hosting the Washington Commanders. Lions now a a one-and-a-half-point favorite, total set to 48-and-a-half. I love the Lions right here. I said it from the beginning of the season. I think the Lions are totally underrated. They almost upset the Eagles last game. The Commanders had a sloppy win against the Jaguars. I think the Lions win this one. I'm willing to lay the one and a half points. How about you? Yeah, I, I would too. Yeah, they did open up as a two-point favorite, got bumped up to two and a half. And then once uh, everyone caught wind of the results, you know, coming in from Washington, uh, it bounced back down to two to one and a half. So it's kind of sitting again right there in that one and a half, two and a half point range. Uh, I do think that the Lions do have a better set and the better injury report that came out of that Sunday game. I think they do win this in cover. Yeah, so let's move on to the Seahawks and the Niners. Whew, this is a game that I'm I'm this is my last time trusting Trey Lance. If he doesn't if he doesn't come out and get me a cover, then I don't know if I could trust him the rest of the year. I shouldn't say that, but it's kind of true. What are we looking at for their odds, Robert? San Francisco over here opened 9 Went up to nine and a half. And finally, when it got to 10, in came all the Seattle money. So here we are sitting at nine and a half, totals 41 and a half, Allie. 
Yeah, I will take the Niners minus nine and a half. One of my other strategies I always do is I bet against the winner of the Monday night game. They got to play on a short week. Whatever their hype is, they kind of overplay because the, the primetime audience is on them. I think the Niners with their defense is totally going to shut down. Geno Smith had his two good quarters of the entire year. He didn't play well that well in the second half. So for me, I don't have much to say. The only thing going in the way for me, for the Niners, is, is if Trey Lance starts making mistakes again. But I'm going to hold him that he doesn't because Seattle's defense isn't that good as well. I don't know if Jamal Adams is even playing after he got caught off the field. So that's a big hole in their secondary. How about you, Robert? Ali, I guess we could go ahead and put a bookmark in this little part of the segment. Uh, yeah, at 10, I love Seattle, actually. But even at really? nine and a half, I will take the points here. Yeah. Wow. See, I'm laying them. I, I Well, actually, now I'm looking at my pick. I'm, we locked at eight and a half. So I'm laying eight and a half that I feel comfortable with. Yeah, 10, a different story there, right? Yeah, 10, maybe I would do Seattle. But... Because, you know, you can't trust Trey Lance that much. But I'll bank on Geno Smith making some mistakes as well. So let's move on to the Falcons and the Rams. This is another one I don't think we we talked about it the other day. Rams just coming off a big embarrassing loss. I love the Rams right here, Robert. What, what are we looking at the odds? Yeah, we set the number super, super high right to the sky as an 11-point favorite. Uh, got some pushback there at 11. Bet back down to 10 before moving back to 10 and a half. And that's where we're at right now. The Rams 10 and a half and the total now 46 and a half. Look, I think the Falcons, they put on a nice effort against the Saints, but this is a Rams team that's going to come in hungry. They had to sit for 10 days by the time it's kickoff and just let just simmer in all the criticism that was coming their way. Is this team for real? Was it a fluke last year? They're going to come out ready to play. They're going to come out with all the momentum, they're going to come out so hungry. I think they totally just overpower the Falcons. And the Falcons, we start wondering when Desmond Ritter is going to start playing the game. What about you, Robert? Yeah, this is the game that the Rams definitely get right. You can't get more alpha and omega here than, uh, you know, playing Buffalo and then, you know, hosting Atlanta. So uh, Rams definitely get healthy here. I do think they win by double digits. All right, let's move on to this is one that I, I wish we had a little more time to talk about so we could take a little more time. But the Cardinals and the Raiders, Robert, what are we looking at for their odds? Right. Yeah. So the Arizona Cardinals, after coming off their, uh, well, you know, really whitewashing of a performance in Kansas City, they're going to be dogs again in Las Vegas. So the Raiders are five and a half point favorite, the total 51 and a half. This is a game I really went back and forth on because, and I'm still going back and forth on. I don't know what we're going to get with the Cardinals. I don't know what their injuries are going to be like, who they're going to get back. If Rondell Moore is coming back, you know, I don't know the rest of their injury situation. But for me, I think the Raiders being at home, I think what we just saw with Devontae Adams lighting up the Chargers defense, that's pretty much a lot better than Arizona's defense. I know it, it's, it looks like a lot of points, Robert, but as much as I want to, lay the points with the Raiders because I think they are the better team. Something's just itching me to take the Cardinals with the five and a half points. So I'm going to have to go with Arizona for now. That could change depending on the injury situation. But what are you looking at? I will not change. I will side with you and I will take okay. the five and a half. <laughs> yeah. I just think that that's too many points 
for a Raiders team that we still have a lot of questions about. I know Devontae Adams will probably have another stellar game, but you know, Derek Carr's his own worst enemy. So we'll see how that goes. I probably will stay with the Cardinals. I, I think they can only get healthier from here, but they just got embarrassed at home. I think that they will come back, come out and at least make this a close one. So let's move on real quick to the Texans and the Broncos. This is another one. I like the favorite here, but Robert, what are we looking at for odds? Yeah, quite the adjustment here as Denver comes and, uh, you know, plays their home game against Houston. Uh, no changes here. Really uh, a little bit of an uptick in the total, but the side has been the same. Denver minus 10 and the total 45. I love Denver right here again, even though they kind of almost kicked me out of my survivor pool last year. But I think they got the bad game out of the system. I think that the head coaching staff came under a lot of heat for how they managed that game, especially the the final drive going for that 64-yard field goal. Listen, Mile High is a tough place to play for opposing teams. The Texans got their real feel-good tie, I should say, of the year against the Colts. I think this is I, – I don't want to go far so far saying as a blowout, but – they will cover that 10 points, in my opinion. How about you? Yeah, this one's this one's a little bit tricky. I'm seeing that Denver kind of came out of the game relatively unscathed. Uh, Simmons, Crockett, and Tucker all hit the IR after that first game in the injury report that came out today. Uh, Houston didn't fare as well. Uh, Christian Harris, he's going to be out. Kendall Sheffield, he's going to be on the IR as well. Now, Rasheem Green is questionable. He's got a thigh injury. And defensive end Mario Addison is also questionable Sunday with a thigh injury as well. So if I'm looking at them playing going in with this level of injuries, they're probably going to get they're probably going to get a good number of points scored on them. I think that's uh, honestly Denver probably is going to be good for anywhere from 24 to 28 points. This one's going to be close. Um, that double digit covers really making me think twice about taking Houston. Uh, but leaning right now, I'd probably say that the total is in play to go over 45. Okay. That's a good play right there. I think I like the over on that one too. I think that the Broncos are going to score a lot more points this week as opposed to last week. They struggled mightily in that first half against, again, and they, don't forget, they had two goal line fumbles. That's 14 points right there. They just pretty much squandered away. So they will get the points in that game. I hate, you know, looking at these lines, Robert, I am laying a lot of points this week, but that's kind of been my strategy in week two because I believe that people overreact to a lot of these underdogs that had just ridiculous week one wins. So I do side with a lot of favorites week two. It's the only week you'll see me pick more favorites than I will pick underdogs for from time to time. But quickly, we got two more games to go. Colts and Jaguars, another game that I'm really not, too excited about but Robert what are we looking at for the line here yeah nothing and the public doesn't really care too much about this one either uh no matter how much I jiggle the line right now the Colts a four-point favorite in the total uh it's starting to drop uh got as high as 47 but now it's dropping all the way down to 44 and a half got it this is a game I would actually side with the under on this one I really think that these two teams just you know the I won't put too much stock into the Colts first game against the Texans, but Matt Ryan just still looks old to me. It doesn't matter that he has to change a scenery. He just looks like an old quarterback, Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if I've, if maybe again, he was just the first game, but I didn't see the same explosiveness. I saw of him that of from last year. 
So, and then with the Jaguars, they let me down. I thought that was one of my best picks of the week, taking the Jaguars to cover against the Reds, uh, Redskins, <laughs> the Commanders, and they didn't. But for me, looking at this game, it was another one. I just didn't know what to pick, but I do like getting points. So this is the one I am going to take the home underdogs with the Jaguars. How about you? Uh, I'm going to officially go as a hard, hard pass on this one. Uh, but just by default alone, I, I the injuries, they, everyone came out super, super clean. Jacksonville came out almost completely unscathed. So I would probably lean towards grabbing points uh, just as a home, uh, a home dog. Uh, really not much to write home here about. Wasn't impressed with the Colts in week one. Jacksonville did have a little bit of noise, almost pulled off the, the victory in Washington. But if if there was a lean, it would be towards plus points as the home dog. But, uh, you know, officially I'll say pass. All right. And here's another snooze fest of the week uh, that we'll conclude with. And that's the Browns and the Jets. So what are we looking at here, Robert? Now this one, boy, oh boy. Uh, you know, this one we, right now we have got Cleveland as a six point favorite. Bumped up to six and a half for a quick minute before getting bet down. So I wonder if that's where the ceiling is. The total are uh, pretty steady right now. They're set at 40. Yeah, I mean, this is one where when I first saw the spread, I was like, wow, this six points seems like a lot. But I think that the Jets without Zach Wilson, too, are just that bad. I, I think that this is a team that is going to be a top five draft pick. And as you know, people don't give Cleveland, I think, as much credit without Deshaun Watson. They still have a top defense. And we saw what the Jets did struggling against one of the top defenses with the Ravens when they were healthy in week one. So it may seem like a lot of points, but I think the Browns are really going to drive it hard. They're going to keep it away from Ahmad Sauce Gardner, and they're really going to rely again on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just to run the ball. It's a lot of points, but I'll lay them with the Browns. How about you? Yeah, I, I would probably say leaning towards laying the points as well. I think I'm really impressed with what they did offensively. They had quite a bit of success running the ball. And, I mean, hey, they're realizing where the deficiency is, and it's a quarterback. So why not just keep handing off until it doesn't work? Well, it kept working against Carolina. I think it's going to work very well against New York as well in Cleveland's first home game. So uh, leaning towards laying the six, uh, and right now with a total set to 40, I don't think that the Jets crack more than 13 points. Agreed. That's so, an under perhaps the under as well right right yep well we agreed on most of them i think we had a few disagreements with the chargers and the chiefs some other games but you know maybe vikings and eagles we also disagreed with a little bit but for the most part you and i were pretty much on the same page in in this one as always great minds think alike <laughs> hey but, final yeah. thought here do you have a, a, a i mean i think you said green bay uh would Green Bay be your pretty much if you had to make one pick for Survivor, would that be it? So I would actually probably say the Rams just because the Rams, as even though I think that they're going to be OK, I think that they also are going to struggle a lot more than we went a lot more than people think they are. They're going to go through some games where we're just going to wonder what happened to them. And I think it's going to be against a lesser talent. So for me, I think I'm just going to jump on the Rams. But I would say to our listeners, Survivor picks, obviously I like the Rams. I like I like the Bengals. I'm going to go Packers are our top one. I did put my Survivor picks out yesterday. 
I think if you really want to take a good shot, take the Browns. You're not, when else are you going to be able to take the Browns this season? That could be, if you're planning on the long haul, I would say take the Browns. But since I already got one wrong week one, I'm going to try to go with the most definite pick I can get. And that's probably going to be the Rams. How about you, Robert? Yeah, you just revealed my my sneaky, deep, deep dive survivor pick. Uh, and I'm probably going to lean towards uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, you're absolutely right. I don't think you're going to see a better opportunity to take this team all year uh, as you look up and down, maybe at Houston in week 13. But why? Why do that? You know, go ahead and strike them, you know, this coming week, hosting a Jets team, you know, where Flacco's just happy to be picking up another paycheck. Very true. But and that's normally what I would do if I didn't have one elimination under me. But right now I just want to make it to week 13. So I'm lucky that I got let back in the pool. At least one of them. The other ones, they were like, nope, you're out. You're out. So but unfortunately, we are out of time. We thank everyone for joining again. We have another great week of football coming up. Another great matchup tomorrow. I'm really excited for the Thursday night game. Chiefs and Chargers. I think it's going to be a very good game to watch. So before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts? Hey, you know, I mean, I keep mentioning Twitter week after week. Yeah, definitely, you know, be sure to head on over to Twitter. Follow us at Zen Sports. Follow us at the NBL Podcast. Yep. And uh, follow me at Robert C. Kowalski on Twitter. All right. Thanks, everyone, again. We will be back Monday to recap all the games, all the bad beats. See, you know, which teams are going to be overrated again, underrated. What are the overreactions? And as Robert likes to say, the underreactions. So we will see you on Monday. Take care.